the following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here as always with Mike. And we're going to discuss the anniversary episode of All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. And Mike, by law, we have to start out talking about Hangman Adam Page. Stock up, stock down. Yeah, Joel, Hangman Page came back tonight as the Joker his second time as the Joker in one of AEW's gimmick matches to win the Casino Battle Royal. And Joel, <laughs> I know this match just ended, but he beat, oh geez, it was Pac, Andrade, Matt Hardy, John Moxley. Orange Cassidy and, and Lance Archer. There we go. I knew we'd get to it eventually. Um, I was hoping you just jump in at the beginning and just read it off. So. Well, you didn't, you know, you didn't give me a, a, a an opening. I'm not going to just talk over you. That, you I mean, know, I was, that's unprofessional. I was, I was talking pretty slow, but okay. Um, he came back. Uh, crowd went nuts for Hangman Page. Uh, he's been gone for a while. And I think the best, like, um, co- like subtitle under his name in the entrance finally showed up to work i laughed so hard about that man like that was really good um but he's back your favorite wrestler one of my favorite wrestlers um and he he's gonna be facing uh kenny omega here again soon hopefully to win the championship (laughs) (laughs) it'd be nice man it'd be nice I feel like you have to at this point like like they kind of pause things with him he took some time off and um you know, I, I just really want to see that that belt on on Hangman. I think he deserves it. And ugh. but Joel, some of the highlights from this match. Um, I thought Pac died on that <laughs> that spot off the ladder. Like his head went straight down. Like he did not hit that on his side or at an angle. Like when hit when they hit the table, he was like hundred percent looking straight down. And then when they Page broke the table. He then like twisted, but man, yeah, that's one of the He's scariest spots, dude. Yeah, that's one of the scariest spots I've ever seen. That was that was really <laughs> scarier than than Kenny falling down with a dinosaur on his shoulders. <laughs> you know, this we'll really talk was... about that later. We'll talk about that later. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, that for a ladder match, like there were a couple of big spots, but it was really kind of just a ton of brawling. Um, I think everyone took. Took some major damage here, though. Um, Joel, what, what were your thoughts about this and and Hangman Page walking away with the future title shot? I thought it was fun. I love a ladder match. I really enjoyed this particular group. Um, I thought some of the most fun stuff, unfortunately, happened during the picture-in-picture picture when Lance Archer came out. I thought his little run, the heat that he got coming out, uh, was great. I loved him bringing somebody from backstage. And instead of his <laughs> typical, I'm just going to beat you up on the way to the ring. He brought them out to use as a weapon. I love that. I-, I thought it was a really fun innovation on what's become kind of a signature of his character. So I really enjoyed that uh, bit. And uh, some of the bumps were just brutal. Yeah. Um, Andrade falling from the turnbuckle onto that ladder that was outside that I don't think was supposed to be at an angle. I think it was supposed to be propped up on the barricade and uh, it definitely wasn't. And yeah. man, yeah. props to all these guys for, for hitting these bumps super clean. 
Yeah. Uh, and they were still terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My big takeaway from this, Joel, is that this was only announced last week, but because of all the stories involved with the competitors, it, it felt natural. It didn't feel forced or kind of rushed because all the like storylines in this match were kind of focused on throughout. You know, Matt Hardy made a point to go after Orange Cassidy. He made a point to do the leg drop on him at near the end. But Moxley and Archer had a really, you know, they were fighting in the crowd right off the bat. So um, Pack and Andrade, you know, they revisited that. So they just kind of made, it kind of felt this all made sense. And, you know, there were some wild theories out there about the Joker. I know Buddy Murphy teased it, but um, it just kind of felt right to have Hangman Page back. It's been a little too long without him. Um, I'm really glad that it wasn't a new debuting talent. Like it is crowded with new people right now. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited for what a lot of the new talent are doing, but I, I don't know where you slot anybody else in right now. We need some things to resolve before we can bring anybody else on board. I think that's one of the reasons why I really want to see some new talent brought in, in the women's division, because I feel like that's, that space is ripe for new talent at the top. Uh, so, you know, I was glad to see Adam Page back. Of course, you know, he's my favorite wrestler. So uh, just totally stoked. Um, I think the only person I would have been happier to see is Dan Housen. <laughs> that would have, <laughs> I don't think we would have recorded tonight. I think you would have just needed to have a cigarette and go to sleep. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, another thing about this too, is I don't think any of these, you know, feuds that were a part of this match are, are over by any means. Like we probably will have another follow-up on Matt Hardy and, and orange Cassidy, maybe it, with Matt Hardy's hair on the line, fucking coward. <laughs> also side note, did you see, um, the butcher posting last week? It's like, I don't see the issue with Jack Evans haircut. <laughs> It's like, it looks pretty cool to me. <laughs> well, and who's going to argue with him, right? I mean, yeah, it's the butcher. He'll kill you. Um, but yeah, honestly, I don't really have much more to say about this. I think the right person won based off of the competitors. And it was fun, violent. And, you know, we don't usually get ladder matches on TV. So that's that's pretty special. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it's, it's just great to have hangman back and have him just instantly back in the title picture which is kind of cool because you know he left because he you know had paternity leave and it's neat to see AEW not penalizing him you know where we've seen that kind of pettiness from other companies where you know oh you took time away for family reasons well you're not going to be at the top of the card when you come back and that's clearly not the case in AEW. He's come back. He's immediately back at the top of the card, exactly where he was when he left. And he's going to get that title opportunity. So I, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, he didn't get Wally pipped. So that's it's good for him to keep his spot on the card. I hope that reference hits for some people. <laughs> Did it not hit for you? I recognize the name, but I do not. It doesn't compute at 1020 on a Wednesday night. He was the man who lost his starting role to Lou Gehrig due to injury. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> and then never, ever, ever got it back. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, Joel, why don't we move on here um, to <laughs> the surprise of the night in, 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 uh, in my eyes. And 
That's Sheeta not getting to 50 wins. This was amazing. Uh, you mentioned pre-show that when you saw the trophy they had for you, you had some doubts. So um, I kind of love this. It was it was vicious. And, you know, we had the whole ceremony with Jungle Boy reaching 50 wins a few months ago. So to kind of deny the next person, you know, to get that, to, I thought it was good storytelling. And really, I, we, we've kind of seen Serena D be this heelish character. But welcome to the show. This was this was the turn. This was the big, the big moment for her. And I loved it. Absolutely. I thought it it was great. Uh, Really enjoyed the work from both of these women. Mm -hmm. I thought Sheeta was firing on all cylinders in this match. Just looked absolutely incredible. I really dig the short hair. I think it makes her look tougher. Uh, And uh, I like the new gear too. Uh, Just really cool presentation overall. And um, just the the display of of different moves and you forget when you don't see her in a high profile match in a while just like how deep her arsenal is mm-hmm. and the same thing could be said for Serena Deeb you know they don't call her the woman of a thousand holds for nothing she really does have amazing technique and seeing these two is a treat so i loved this match and i think the right person won uh, yep. i you know this this whole Sheeta losing in this spot, it's opens up some interesting avenues for potential storytelling and, you know, they can hype up the next match that she has. And I wouldn't put it past this character to be like, okay, uh, Serena Deeb has to be my 50th win. So (laughs) I'm just going to keep fighting you until I beat you because no one else is going to satisfy me for win number 50. And I think that would be an interesting way to go, but there's a lot of different directions they could take here. And it gave Serena Deeb a huge win in her return uh, in a high profile spot. I mean, this went on right before the ladder match. And, um, you know, other than the crowd being a little bit dead, which I was kind of disappointed by because it had been a really hot crowd for most of the show. That's um, Philly. Fuck them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, there is that. There is that great wrestling town though. Yeah, I expect yeah. better from them. Do better, Philly. Um, I've been saying that for about twenty years now. Because that, sorry, uh, you're, you're a Cowboys fan. You, you don't <laughs> you don't get to talk during this segment. Um, <laughs> well, well, the whole segment wasn't about Philly. It's not like stock down to Philadelphia. How lower can it go? Sorry. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought this was great. Loved it. Great job yeah. by both of them. Yeah, this was really good. Um, I. You know, I hope this isn't a, isn't a one-off. Uh, there's a tournament that they could potentially work together, which we'll get into here in a bit. But um, I think this is just a you need we need to see more buildup of characters and stories not involving the, the main event. You know, we saw the triple threat match on Rampage last week, uh, which I thought was really great. And this is just another example of doing things outside of the AW Women's Championship. Um, Serena Deeb, man, when she was, because she had a, a, a run, what is it, end of last year, early this year, where she was on TV quite a bit, and she was just putting banger after banger after banger out there. So um, if this signals kind of a more of a, a return for her on the the TV stage, especially with Rampage and the extra hour of television a week, um, it just makes the company better. And uh, Joel, why don't we just kind of sneakily transition into uh, the other big announcement tonight? Uh, the TBS championship, the mid card women's division championship was announced tonight. 
uh, isn't it funny when they just bring out, you know, hey, we have something in this bag. Wonder what it is. Like, I kind of like, liked how they did the initial when they had Bret Hart reveal the AEW championship. Like, he wasn't in the ring. Like, he walked out mm-hmm. with it. Because like you just you know what you know what this you know what the big announcement is like I think the bag comes with the belt I think it's a package deal you know like you buy a belt you get a bag and so it'd be a shame not to use it you know it's free no, I I know but you just kind of foreshadow the announcement and take away the suspense like I didn't need Shavani to tell me what the fuck was happening anymore because I saw a a belt shaved bag <laughs> well you also read the dirt sheets you stupid self-spoiler I, I do read the dirt sheets so that is on me um but joel this is really exciting we we and also the the belt company kind of spoiled this a few few weeks back that's but, true that's true yeah, that yeah. that was less funny. dirt sheet more of them um but we've been talking about some sort of secondary title for the women's division for a while now whether that be singles belt or a tag team belt and they announced a tournament tonight we had a few competitors uh kind of announced themselves via video package. Uh, Ruby Soho, Jade Cargill, Joel, what was that other? Sky Blue. Blue. Sky Blue, there we go. Um, she needs to be a little louder on that promo. I feel like I could barely hear her. Well, um, she's only 11, so cut her some slack. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yeah, so there's going to be a tournament kicking off. Um, the, my hope for this belt is that they use it in kind of a similar way to TNT Championship. You give it to a real... Uh, amazing worker have them defend it week after week um really kind of be the workman's belt of the women's division uh when you think of some people who could hold this belt initially uh god serena deeb and immediately comes to mind if you want someone to just work and kick ass for a couple months ruby soho as well um i think this is a big step because i i joel I, I think our biggest complaint with AEW has been just not being able to do more than one thing in the women's division. So maybe this will finally help us get to more, you know, two, three segments, two, three segments, two, ah, two three matches a week, whatever it is. So Joel, what are your thoughts on the TBS title and where we're going from here? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a good sign. It demonstrates the level of investment in the women's division, uh, but it's, it's got to be followed up on, on television. If this belt ends up getting, defended and featured more often on elevation and dark uh then then we haven't gone anywhere we haven't improved we just have a new prop to play with so i need to see this uh be featured long term on tv and i think because the tbs branding that's going to happen because they're going to want that belt to be featured so you'll get some network influence there as well uh I think this tournament is going to be really interesting. Uh, I like the names that they've announced so far. Uh, I joked about Sky Blue looking super young before, but she's very, (laughs) very good. Uh, I've watched her wrestle on Dark a few times, and uh, she's got a lot of talent. So um, she's going to get better and better. And this tournament is going to be a great way for her to get some high-profile experience on television. So um, what I would have preferred is to announce like when the tournament is going to start and then kind of say like, okay, the top X number of competitors in the rankings plus, you know, two wild cards or whatever will be Mm -hmm. in this tournament. So from now until then is your time to rack up as many wins as you can in order to qualify. Like 
let's really push into that real sports presentation and aspect and hype up this tournament by having some matches. Um, and, and it's a great way to get more women on TV. You could have a random match between Big Swole and Sky Blue as they're jockeying for wins to try to qualify for this tournament. And uh, they don't have to be like one-off qualifiers either. It's just, you're trying to pad your stats. So uh, I, I think that that could have been done a little bit more of an interesting way. But ultimately, I'm excited. I love a wrestling tournament. It'd be killer if it was a one-night wrestling tournament. Who doesn't love that? Um, like the good old days, man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Joel, I was trying to do a little research here really quick uh, while you were talking. But in terms of, you know, hopefully the TBS title being defended uh, on TV, featured often. If we look at the AEW Championship this year versus the TNT Championship this year, there's only been seven uh, AEW World Championship defenses in 2021. There's been 18 TNT Championship matches uh, in 2021. So if you do that, like, because we're fine with Britt Baker not defending that belt every week, or even she could, you know, you can do it every six weeks. The title is a big deal. Agreed. It should be built to that. But so if we see the same kind of ratio as here, twice as many, uh, title defenses of the TBS championship. Uh, that's going to go a long way to not only just getting the women on TV, but the, the, the level of qual- the quality of matches of the TNT championship matches have been really good too. So I think it's just going to add so much to the division, so much to the product. Um, and I actually found a really nifty site that I'm going to use for research going forward. So that's awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's going to be a useful tool as long as they are, like you said, they, they dedicate time and allow it to breathe. And God, there's so much, so much talent now, even if we haven't had the influx of forbidden door, you know, crossovers in the women's division. Um, you can make a case for a lot of people to have this title right off the bat. Um, and I'm just, I'm excited for it. I, I was hoping for a trios belt. I'm happy that we got the TBS title and hopefully we get the trails belt not too far behind because once again, we could easily do that. So, um, Joel, question for you. Who would you want to be the very first TBS champion? Uh, I think it would be awesome to reward somebody who's been with the company from the beginning, who's been putting in the work, and is an incredibly undervalued member of the roster. And that's Big Swole. How did I fucking know that is who you were going to say? <laughs> I love Swole, man. She's amazing. She's an incredible talent. She would be oh, a man. awesome, awesome initial champion. And she deserves it. Uh, I know you so well. <laughs> I should have I stopped you and guessed for you. Um, yeah, I, I think I was thinking originally Ruby Soho um, until I saw that match Serena Deeb put on tonight. And I think, you know, maybe not follow the TNT route, put it on a face Cody or, you know, a face wrestler here. I think a, a heel like Serena Deeb could really, really, you know, two, three months as the first range just put on match after match after match after match. And I think it'd be great. So I'm going to go with Serena Deeb. That's, that's who I would like to see with it right off the bat. All right. Well, time will tell. All right, Joel, you ready to move on to lightning round? Let's do it. Lightning round. Joel, you know how I know this was an anniversary show ringing back to the original run of AEW? There were botches, 
There were weird like production issues tonight. It felt like October 2019, baby. Like, what was that that commercial break in the women's match where they literally hit a move and boom, Arby's or whatever it was. Well, and not just that, but it like it seemed to take the announcers completely by surprise. Yeah. Like the last thing we heard before they went off air was somebody yelling, "What?" Yeah, which yeah. didn't seem to have anything to do with what was going on in the match. Like, I think that was literally them reacting in real time to somebody in their ear being like, oh, fuck, we're going to commercial. Yeah. Yeah. So, man, if if you really want to, you know, make it remind us of that very first night. Well, damn, Tony, you did it. <laughs> My favorite weird moment of the night was when the super elite went to do a four man power bomb on Luchasaurus. And I guess the young bucks and Adam Cole forgot to lift. Cause poor Kenny gets him up on his shoulders. The weight is moving too far backwards. And the only thing Kenny can do is sit his ass down on the ring and drop Luchasaurus on his back. And it just looked so freaking funny. Yeah. even better is how uh they sold it afterwards they just kind of like hey what can you say (laughs) like like they kind of they they reacted well their heels of course they're gonna pat themselves on the back and pretend like that was fine i mean it was it was great and i did love that match Um, uh i I thought it was super fun uh but that moment just so so funny to me and and what was great about it is there was like a second where no one moved like kenny got crushed and they all just kind of standing there like what do we do and then they felt like they snapped into it and started riffing and improving there Mm -hmm. so just unintentional comedy man so so fucking funny but yeah this match was really fun jungle boy like just stole the show again and then i really like the the spot where oh sorry i disagree i think the star of this match was luchasaurus his run of offense in this match (laughs) it looked like a giant nick jackson out there with the way he was flying (laughs) around the ring jumping off the apron doing flips hitting these crazy kicks all this amazing offense from a giant human being and this is the best I've seen from Luchasaurus. And he's a wrestler who stands out in these multi-man matches often. Jungle Boy was great. Jungle Boy is always great. But <laughs> the show stealer in this match was absolutely Luchasaurus. I liked when he had all members of the Super Elite. They had one of them in each corner. And yeah. it was just like, you're all going to die. <laughs> like... And then I think he then ran out to the apron to do the uh, moonsault off the apron. Um, another another moment I liked in this match is when they were going, the Super League was going for the pin, and then Brian Danielson just came into the ring and just elbowed all four of them to death. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like they had the distinct four on one advantage. Danielson comes in. Twenty seconds later, he's the only one standing. Like I was kept, I kept waiting for the super kick. Or the V trigger to come in? No, no. Danielson just pummeled them. It was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, this is a really, really fun match, and and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, something else that I thoroughly enjoyed, and I'm very excited about Dante Martin cutting a promo in the middle of the ring and uh, getting obliterated by Malachi Black. Uh, <laughs> 
I thought it was a cool segment. I thought both guys came off really well. We haven't really seen Dante with a mic in the middle of the ring, and he sounded great. Hot he take. Clearly has the ability. His 25, 30 seconds on the mic is better than anything Jungle Boy has done in two years. Like, like I am not a huge fan of Jungle Boy on the mic. And Dante Martin just felt natural. Like, it didn't feel forced. It didn't feel like he was reading a script. Um, I was super impressed. And also just kind of a cool spot for for this kid to call out the locker room. And then you get one of the biggest, hottest acts in the industry right now coming out to confront him. Um, I'm really excited. Dude, this match, though. Dante yeah. Martin, Malachi Black is going to be incredible. And got me hyped. Yeah. Yeah. Ditto. I, that was really fun. Uh, Joel, let's, uh, let's move on here. And, uh, Bobby fish in AEW. Fuck. Just that's it. (laughs) It was awesome. (laughs) It was great. Love this match. Uh, really, really fun. And, um, there was, there was a really scary spot in this one too, though. Um, a lot of people like falling on their heads on this episode yeah. of Dynamite. It's something like the move off of the like top rope. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a arm drag into like a something or other. Like, yeah, just... I, I don't think it uh, <laughs> went exactly as intended. Um, but this match was really good, really physical. I felt like this was a different look for Sammy Guevara, a little bit less high flying, a little bit more um, brawly of a match. And uh I am a big fan of Bobby Fish uh, ever since I saw him with Kylo Riley in Ring of Honor as Red Dragon. I thought it was super cool that they got the original theme. Uh, oh, the, was that the their, music their, that he came theme? out to was the Red Dragon nice. theme music from Ring of Honor. And um, if you're interested in any of the background on that, uh, Mikey Ruckus uh, kind of explained how they tracked it down, and got in touch with the original band. So. Uh, oh, check sick. that out on Twitter if you're interested. But yeah, super fun match. Love Bobby Fish. And uh, I wouldn't mind uh, seeing more of him in AEW. Yeah, yeah. I, not every new like signing has to be like Danielson, Punk. You know, you can you can bring in guys for like a one-off match and then have them do a little bit on Dark, Elevation. You know, like they're, they can definitely use a Bobby Fish type guy on the roster. So yeah. Um, Random. I did not like the the America Top Team stuff afterwards, um, but eh, is what it is. Yeah, I wrote that down in my notes as American Top Team silliness. And what was silly about it is that somehow Jake Hager and Chris Jericho were able to go toe to toe with MMA fighters and not get their asses kicked when they were outnumbered. Yeah, uh, and also these MMA fighters. Their punches looked awful. <laughs> like maybe it's just because they're they don't know how to not knock you the fuck out. <laughs> so like, well, yeah, who- I mean, this it's pretty typical, right? I mean, real fighters don't know how to throw a working punch. That's something yeah. they have to learn how to do. Um, I liked that. I, I think it was Junior Dos Santos was throwing forearms instead of punches because I feel like that's a lot easier to. Um, make look good and and to sell that um but yeah this i don't it was it was a night of return of the faction we talked for the last few weeks like man i guess the pinnacle inner circle are just not really doing stuff together 
And boom, we had two segments where I guess these groups are. Well, I guess we don't know about the other one, Joel. They had masks on. Yeah. Who were those masked men? Uh, We'll never know. (laughs) I actually really liked that segment. (laughs) If only for Tony Schiavone the entire time. It's MJF, that bastard. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I want I want the pinnacle to show up with an ironclad alibi yeah on next week's episode of of dynamite just like absolutely being like look we weren't there and we have witnesses it was not us yeah ham it up just do it's like it's like when uh mr america passed the polygraph test that he wasn't hulk hogan (laughs) (laughs) yeah fuck that guy (laughs) yeah but that story was someone um i don't know whose turn it is so um i think that i might have taken that one so joel is it my turn? Oh shit! Um, kind of liked the Arn Anderson Cody segment where Cody's like, "What are you gonna do? Shoot me?" I, I like Cody just kind of being frustrated with Arn and being like, "Arn, that's a really nice suit. Uh, I don't have to do this." Then he got slapped. <laughs> like I don't know. I my grandfather lives with my parents. Sometimes I just have to put up with shit like this too, you know, like, yeah, grandpa, we'll, we'll play, we'll play moose dice for the 50th time today. Not quite burning my clothes in the backyard, but, um, yeah, I've never seen your, your granddad get physically violent with you and burn your clothes. So I, I I don't think it's the same thing. (laughs) Well, yeah. Anywho, I thought this was actually pretty good. Um, just a little taste of Cody tonight. We don't need the full fledged uh, thing here. Um, I just, I just love the vision. I just love him saying, "Did you break in? What? You, what?" <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> like, I don't know if this segment was supposed to be as funny as it was. I think it was supposed to be funny. <laughs> just, it was so fucking funny. <laughs> All right, you need to talk now. I'm laughing too much. All right, um, my dude, absolute Ricky Starks had one hell of a night really really good promo uh his promo on rampage i thought was great going back to this past friday or or i guess it was really more of a video package on on rampage but uh really good stuff and i'm kind of hyped for this rematch between he and and brian cage that we're you know going to be getting on friday in a street fight which you know makes things ripe for cheating and for Ricky Starks to retain and for, you know, Brian cage to uh, get some of that sympathy from the crowd and, and maybe, you know, get his baby face credentials uh, up a little higher. So I really like this and I'm looking forward to the match. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. Nothing to say there. Next thing I want to talk about Joel is sorry. I just, yeah, it's, I agree. Oh, go ahead. You're good. You're good. <laughs> um, did did CM Punk accidentally say cheesecake instead of cheesesteak? <laughs> uh, I think it was a Simpsons reference. Oh, it was it? Yeah. I don't know the reference. <laughs> There's a episode of The Simpsons where someone says cheesecake in Philadelphia, and okay, I have to yeah. have to find the clip and and laugh at it later. It was making the rounds on Twitter after that second. I, okay. I think it was intentional. If it wasn't intentional, then he you know, backdoored himself into a Simpsons <laughs> reference, which is very easy to do. Well, Simpsons you know? done it, you know? Yeah, Simpsons exactly. Did it. Simpsons did it. Um, the main thing here, CM Punk versus Daniel Garcia on Rampage this week. 
Oh, baby. <laughs> Has anyone's stock gone up more precipitously in 2021 than Daniel Garcia? Like, went from literally nobody knowing who the hell he was to him main eventing multiple shows and facing off with the likes of Sting, CM Punk, John Moxley. I mean, well, well amazing Joel, turn of events for him. Speaking of, of, of Garcia, you know, I always said for the longest time, there's only one person. I want to take the championship off of Kenny Omega. (laughs) (laughs) Make that two people. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I'm just kidding, but I'm looking forward to this match. Um, Kind of the same old CM Punk promo we've been getting. Um, I do like to talk about how like he bought himself a laptop and an iPod and he felt rich. Um, That's very like mid two thousands. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this match. It's going to be super fun. Agreed. Uh, The last thing that I have, and I think we've talked about most of this show at this point, is uh, the Dark Order getting back together, voting on stuff. Uh, Democracy. I like it. I like it. (laughs) I kind of like Anna J. Be like, yo, shut the fuck up. We're on the same page at the end of that segment. (laughs) When they were starting arguing again. Um, Yeah. Dark Order is is okay. And all is right in the world. I got one (laughs) last thing, Joel. And stock up to Moxley wrestling that entire match in his vest. I kept expecting, <laughs> I kept expecting him to just like, you know, just when a wrestler like just angrily rips off something, he wrestled the entire freaking match in that vest. Very Stone Cold esque. Uh, I lied. I do have one more thing. You liar! Uh, I want to end on that. I hate you. I had to remind myself this evening that Leo Rush is twenty four years old. Holy shit. How old was he when we saw him? That was what, 2017? So he was 20 years old when we saw him in Orlando? Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Dude's um, incredible. And this promo that he cut at the end of this episode of Dynamite was fantastic. Uh, I'm really liking this character that he's presenting. And I'm just curious to see what he ultimately does. We know that he can be an effective manager. And if he wants to do that most of the time and get in and wrestle here and there, totally cool with that. Uh, He's great talent and I'm excited to see, you know, what he does. And I think this is a great natural pairing if he ends up with Dante Martin, who is the epitome of a white meat baby face. And Leo Rush clearly has ulterior motives. So it's like this, you know, somewhat corrupt manager, with the out and out baby face. And there's so many great stories you can tell from that starting point. So really like this. And I, and I think there's a lot of fun stuff they can do. I got some big money Matt vibes from this. Like, like Matt Hardy early on with private party. Like, let me help you make money. Like, cause I'm pretty sure he ended like, and then yeah, we'll get that goddamn money or something in this promo. Yeah. So got, got some big money Matt vibes. So I'm curious to see what, what differentiates it from uh from the hardy family office but um yeah so joel i i guess that's it um kind of shorter episode than normal you know i just want like talk about how excited you are for metroid coming out on friday (laughs) yeah uh i i am that kind of a dork i actually just replayed through super metroid also known as metroid 3 on uh, super nintendo and uh it's great it's still great 
and I'm really looking forward to this new installment. I'm looking forward to running for my life against a <laughs> evil robot that I can't defeat until I get the means to defeat said evil robot. And at which point I will uh, turn the tables and kick its ass. Uh, it's getting good reviews, dude. It's getting a lot of good reviews. Of course it is. It's like, a 2D Metroid game. I, I'm excited for you. And then I will have to play it myself at some point. Joel, a little throwback uh, to our old days where we just bullshitted for most of the show. Anyways, I uh, I haven't been sleeping this week because it's October and my girlfriend and I, for some reason, like to watch scary shit uh, in October. Spooky season. Spooky season. And, and Joel, you know me. You know I don't like spooky, <laughs> spooky season. <laughs> um, so I have gotten a grand total of seven hours of sleep. The last two nights because we've been been watching uh, Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. It's it's awesome, but I want to sleep again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I need to watch that. And um, I I used to have an an evening every week where uh, my wife had another function because she doesn't do horror at all. Yeah. And that was like my one night a week to watch horror stuff. And uh, that's no longer the case. So I got to figure out where I can work in my horror viewing. Um, well, I would I would highly recommend this. It's it's quite good. I wouldn't even necessarily say it's it's like scary. It's just disturbing, and it it just sits with you differently. Yeah, unsettling is kind of my yeah. favorite brand of of horror. I, I'm. You know, I like slashers, but I don't consider them scary. I consider them funny. Um, so, you know, I need something that's going to make me think in in mm-hmm. a disturbing f- fashion. So, yeah, yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, that's on my that's that's my recommendation for you. Check it out; it's very good. So, all right, guys, you can follow the podcast on Facebook at the other face. Well, Facebook is back live, Joel. I don't know if you saw. Uh, Facebook was down and the world was a better place for about six hours on Monday. <laughs> Where were people going to do their research, man? Um, <laughs> you can follow us on Facebook. Don't get me started. I know. At the other wrestling show uh, on Twitter at OWS underscore pod. Joel at the other Joel. Me at Michael underscore Aranda. Uh, you can email us at the other wrestling show at gmail.com. Get the podcast wherever you get them. Tune in, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, that one. Yeah. All the other ones were there. Give us give us a follow. Um, yeah. Kind of struggling here to get us out of the show, Joel. So um, anything to say before I lay in bed for the next six hours contemplating death? Claws up for democracy. Join the dark <laughs> order. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline. And happy wrestling.